Hi, friends. Welcome to Episode 8 of Internal Budget. If you like the podcast, be sure to donate on Patreon. You can find me at patreon.ca slash Brandon Mackey. I would really appreciate it, and I've got some exclusive content lined up for you if you're so inclined to help out. Sens went 2-1 this week, getting absolutely thrashed by the Pittsburgh Penguins 7-3 on Tuesday night. Besting the returning Jean-Gabriel Pajot and the New York Islanders 4-3 on Thursday night and defeating the San Jose Sharks 2-1 in overtime on Saturday night. Let's get right to it. My guest today is one of the most hilarious people on Twitter. He is a man known for activities involving rotisserie chickens and swords, and I promise you that's a lot better than it sounds. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Bosty, B-O-S-T-Y. Yes, God help us all. My guest today is Matt Bosty Bostelar. Mark Stone. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, no problem. It's a blast. Uh, thank you for having me. I apologize ahead of time for anything that I might say and alienate your normal listener. Base. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to come to regret this. Don't worry. <laughs> so speaking of the normal listener base, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, what it is that you do, if you, <laughs> you can, can put that into words, and uh, I guess just how you kind of became a Sens fan and your kind of history with the team. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Bosty. I'm sure you guys have seen some of my nonsense tweets, either cutting a chicken in half or... I don't really know how to describe how I tweet about the sends because it's just stream of consciousness and then just trying to force these god-awful memes that I find hilarious, and somehow people have followed me. I think it's more just I've been around long enough that I've just kind of accrued followers, and it, that makes people think that they should listen to what i have to say but it's all just nonsense you, uh oh. you you sorry you did the uh meow thing last <laughs> summer i, I think it was and oh my god that was like it was the dumbest thing ever but every time you did it i laughed and i was like why is this funny <laughs> that i think that's the best way to describe anything that i do that elicits a laugh it's you just have to think about it for a second and be like none of this is is good None of this is high effort. Like, I look through some of these other Twitter accounts. Like, if you take a look at, uh, like, even Joe's old tweets, uh, Slow Hands, the amount of work he would put into these memes, and then they kicked ass, and then I would just go out there and, like you said, just search a meow in the friggin' gift <laughs> keyboard that comes with Twitter, and it'd be like, <laughs> comedy right here, baby. What an ugly Sonic. Uh, <laughs> which I can confirm in the new Sonic movie, he still says a meow after the shoot. <laughs> Which was very important to me. Jesus. <laughs> he still says it. Who was the new? Who was? I think it was the news anchor that asked you if you were gonna like your own tweet. Oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, I, I I forget his name. It's my Twitter banner. So I yeah, you made it your banner. <laughs> you replied to him. You're like, buddy, do you, do you know who I am? <laughs> well, it was amazing because, like, a big part of my brand is just that I love my own shit. 
Like, I, I at a certain point, I used to kind of clout chase a little bit, try and reply to the big accounts and come yeah. up with, like, oh, everyone's laughing about this. And I realized it was a miserable time on Twitter. Uh, I was being kind of really mean to people who didn't deserve it. Eh, they were Habs fans, but still. Like, you put, put good stuff out there and hope to get it back. So I made a conscious decision to just tweet for myself, uh, which means I'm going to like a lot of my own shit. And I have no qualms about retweeting a tweet I did maybe even a week before if I go through my timeline. I'm like, oh, that was gold. Didn't get the love it deserved. So it was Sens versus Leafs last year. I won club bell tickets through faces, and I was really, really heated with the Leafs fans in front of me. Uh, and I was just, I was just, I was ready. I was ready to go in on basically anyone. And there was this <laughs> awful sign that this, this, I, I would say the person was probably about 14, 15, and it said, Muzzin is buzzin, and he's gonna sting the Sens. And it's just like, <laughs> I, I get it, they just got, they just got Muzzin, but the side, it's it's like, it's too wordy, Muzzin buzzin, he's a, he's a defenseman, he's not really gonna do too much, though I think he did score a goal in the, in the night, so <laughs> like, eh. But either way, I said, that sign sucks. <laughs> in response to someone tweeting it and this guy jumps in it's like are you making fun of kids signs are you are you are you the sign judger and i was like yes absolutely please bring me your signs and then <laughs> the day before i said i will always like and retweet my own tweets or something like that and his next post was are you gonna retweet and like your own tweet again and it was just so perfect okay he's deleted the tweet too because i would revisit it every eight nine months and just be like hey kenneth how you doing got any new signs <laughs> which <laughs> i get it I, people are now gonna say hey did you just say you were trying to be nicer to people but like it's funny he's got a verified check mark if you got the verified check you're, you're free game. Game. it's too bad though because i actually think he's a pretty good journalist but i guess yeah. being a leafs fan you're not really <laughs> you have some clouded judgment when it comes to things leafs fans are terrible at twitter banter too it's great <laughs> They're, they're terrible. There's one good one, and it's the road guy. Because he'll He's go great. along with it. The road guy is fantastic. Everyone else, it's just like, you, you tweet out like, Austin Matthews, nostrils so big, he inhaled a chihuahua. And you have this guy in your mentions being like, well, if you look at his underlying stats in the previous years, he really should be placing higher in the heart trophy voting. And it's just like, who the hell are you? How do you get your, do you have your Twitter deck just set up to have any time someone says Austin Matthews that you get a notification? Did you, see the ones, did you see the ones on Haley's tweet last night? Oh my god, I, I, that mm, <laughs> they were pretty good. <laughs> Haley Salvi, and if you don't follow yeah. her, give her a follow. She's awesome. She covers the yeah, Senators yeah. for the Athletic. But um, what's funny is I'm pretty sure she's a Leafs fan because she's from I, Toronto. She's from so, Toronto, and she uh, she covered the Marlies for a really long exactly. time too. So it's pretty hard not to be. Yeah, but but, but she but, tweeted but, something like. Uh, the Leafs, the Senators got more points in San Jose than the Leafs did on their entire California road trip. And like, oh man, did they ever go off. They did not like that. You know what my favorite is, is when they just reply with like Leafs gifts, like Austin Matthews gifts. And I'm just like, okay. So it's like the amount of times I see the stupid Austin Matthews holding four pucks. Oh. Uh, they, like congratulations you had a fantastic debut against the Senators in which you still lost. And in that season... You were one point away from facing the Senators in the playoffs instead of the Capitals. And, and everyone's like, oh, the Senators would have been an easy win. So I, I just love that. that like, 
I just love knowing when they post that, that they're just basically admitting how bad they were at the start of that year. They had one good thing to hang their hat on, which was a single good game by Austin Matthews, in which they still lost. And I, it's just great. <laughs> like, send me those. If you're a Leafs fan listening to this, A, why? But B, send me that picture all day, because I laugh at it every time. <laughs> Especially... Oh, yeah. uh, knowing that he signed Anderson's stick saying thanks for the memories with four spelled out. And that line was fed to him by the equipment staff on the Leafs. Yeah. He could even come up with himself <laughs> the friggin' no personality <laughs> dingus. <laughs> it's wild. Like, I don't understand the Leafs. They, who do you who do you really like on the team really for like a person? <laughs> like there is no like I guess Riley, but even then there's a whole bunch that kind of goes back to him. Uh, but outside of that, it's a bunch of just like cardboard boxes with faces painted on them. They have no personality. They have n- no character, and they just friggin' dress up like idiots. And you have half of the people on, on Leafs Twitter just like gushing over their fashion choices is that all they have like we got borrowed they're strong arming guys trying to to steal purses <laughs> it's wild, wild to me, to me. <laughs> we're not even 10 minutes in and we've had a rant on leafs twitter it's, it's, oh my god that's an all time <laughs> i welcome leafs twitter to get good at twitter because it would just make the experience so much better instead of having to deal with these weak ass Bants that they're trying to come at me with. Honestly, I don't even have any hate for any fan base on Twitter just because I, I enjoy it. I, I try not to do it too often because I don't want to be known as the guy who's always getting into it with other fans. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it's just fun sometimes. I remember I had – I don't know if you saw it. When Ottawa played Pittsburgh the first time this year or the second time this year or whatever, and uh, pa- Pajot got into it with Malkin at the end of the game or whatever, and Brady – actually, Brady grabbed Malkin first. Yeah. And I said, uh, and I said, like uh, a middle finger to the Penguins is probably the best way to end this decade, all things considered. And yeah, and this guy replies to me and calls me an Otta Wang, and he has like Masters of Education in his bio and like where he teaches and everything. I'm like, dude, you're a full, you're a full blown teacher. What are you doing? And by the oh, way, you and by the way, your grammar's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's it's crazy to me that people take it so so personally, so seriously. A line like, "Yeah, fuck fuck the pens," because yeah. we like. Oh, I, I hate, hate Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, yeah I Pittsburgh, hate it. and it's for good reason. Like they have they have destroyed our hopes multiple times in the, in the playoffs. They should be happy that a fan base hates them as much as us when they really don't have to care about Ottawa. Four times you since two thousand eight. Yeah, exactly. It's it's depressing to think of. I don't like thinking about it. Chris Kunitz, I hope you friggin' break a foot or something and it doesn't ever heal right, so you're always kind of limping. But it's just, like, how do you get, you're like, oh, I searched this term, I'm going to say Ottawag. But to be fair, Ottawag's pretty hilarious. That was hilarious. That's, he's got a master's for a reason. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I apologize to the road guy and the road guy only. Yeah. I like the road guy too. Um, I guess we should get into get into the week that it's been in Ottawa because yeah, it's been a it's been a week. What a mess! What a mess! You know, like just when things start going well, it 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 never fails. It always rears its ugly head. Um, so Eugene Melnick was in the news again, which is always a good thing. 
For those who don't know, uh, Senator CEO Jim Little, who I thought was doing a great job in the limited time that he's been there, he was taking accountability. He was making an effort to reconcile with the fans, even bring Daniel Alfredson back into the fold. That was something he mentioned. Uh, He was fired after 54 days on the job. Um, The senators kind of phrased it as conduct unbecoming type of deal. It later comes out that Little got into a heated argument with Melnick that, by his own admission, included swearing at Eugene. Um, then a couple days later, the senators say it's related to domestic abuse allegations made by his ex-wife, Lara Smith. Um, she posted a blog. She has a blog called Thrive Global, and she made a post last summer in August. Um, not mentioning little by name, but the timeline kind of goes together based on their divorce and everything. Basically just saying he was very emotionally controlling and abusive and it was just not a good situation for her. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think about this Bosti, but uh, we have to be careful about speculation, obviously, because these are serious allegations that have been levied. Um, it's nothing in terms of criminal court as far as I know. Like um, from what I can tell in the research that I did, these weren't allegations that were brought up at their divorce proceedings. But the timing of it is strange. You know, if the senators knew about this, then why would they hire him in the first place? And if they didn't know, why not? You know, it took me one Google search. It took me typing her name into Google. And the first result that popped up was her blog. So I don't understand how if the senators did their due diligence, they didn't know about this. So now we have a situation where either, you know, they didn't do the proper vetting when they hired him and they look bad. Or they knew about it and are now using it as a reason to justify firing Jim Little and they look bad. So it seems like a no-win situation for me, but what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts kind of in general is it just sucks. There is absolutely nothing good that came... Well, of course, there's nothing good that's going to come out with uh, come out of something like this, but Jim Little came in as a breath of fresh air. He got a little bit of steam rolling for, for the fan base, kind of starting to think about getting be- behind the Senators again. And he did a lot of legwork in connecting and surveying and figuring out what it is that needs to get pushed forward to to get the city behind the behind the team again. And then you hear, oh, he got angry at Melnick. And then it's like, uh, you get that weird tweet by the senators that really painted everything in a, a mysterious light. You have Batman talking, oh, it's not what you think. It's internal ops. But then you have the senators coming out. It's like, well, actually, it's allegations there. It is such a bullshit chaos storm that didn't need to happen. And it's it goes back to either if they knew about this and they're just using this as a way to try and get rid of him because he swore at Melnick, which everyone wants to swear at Melnick, I'm sure about that. He did he's just again connecting with the fans, <laughs> so we know we're on the same page. Um or if it was something serious and it was something that the senators were really upset about, it should have been found out about in the uh, in the proceedings. I, I hadn't found the blog post. Uh, I don't know. The legality behind asking those questions in an inter- interview as well is kind of uh, it's a gray area. That's you, can't, true. you can't come out and just ask that. And if it didn't show up on a background check, it's one of those things that you kind of have to think, how far are you going to dig into someone's... Uh, 
someone's past, but if if the first time they find out about it, they're firing him after the the phone call. I kind of I kind of air with you that it feels like it's almost a uh, almost too easy for them to have had that in their back pocket after that tweet, and it feels kind of vindictive by Melnick, which I think I think everyone will agree that seems completely in his character. Yeah, yeah. shocker, uh, shocker. <laughs> but it, it it just sucks. It just absolutely sucks because he he I, I enjoyed his credentials. I enjoyed his interviews. The fact that he was going to make himself the face of the franchise made me incredibly happy because mm-hmm. how many times have we had to listen to friggin' Eugene on Toronto radio just go off on nonsense about the the Toronto Maple Leafs defensive core, and then we hire yeah. half the Toronto Maple Leafs defensive core, and they're and then and then coach. right after that goes on CFR is it CFRA CFRA Ottawa yeah. right yeah. like when TSN is the station that covers the Senators covers the Senators a lot fairer than they probably deserve, <laughs> and you know it's it's yeah. not it's not as if they weren't willing to have him on, you know what I mean? And then he goes on there and he calls Eugene Mel or sorry Ian Mendez Bush League, and this is all stuff we've been over. But like, yeah, it's it's honestly if this is if this is what we think and it's another vindictive thing, then it's just another it's just another incident in a long line of classless actions by this owner. Well, a- after a year that we had here building up momentum, getting people to watch the Senators and the Senators team is the most fun I've had watching uh, the Senators since. Like, I I love the uh, Stanley Cup run. I love the Hamburglar run, but. Mm-hmm. There was still always that kind of underlying thing where the the team never felt cohesive. The team never really had those games. Like I, I'm going back to Pesky Sense era yeah. with the with Condra and, and the crew, where the, the never never say no attitude happened from from day one all the way to the end. This is what the Senators feels like, and it feels like they're building in the right direction. And then you have Eugene out here, basically just taking down the pillars of trust that have been started to build up again. It's just so frustrating trying to be a positive sense fan and have this happen on any single thing. Like, yeah. it, like if you can go and look at some of the lists that are out there, it doesn't matter what it's about. Eugene will, will get involved with and yeah. completely muddy it up. Yeah. Like there are people in my sphere that like, you know, obviously I don't do this professionally writing for silver seven, right? Like it's not something that pays my bills, but, but there are people in my sphere that, they act like they're not fans. You know what I mean? And like, I always kind of feel cheapened by that. Like, I want to make it, you know, if I'm a fan, I feel it's more authentic if I tell people I'm a fan. You know what I mean? I love the Senators and I feel like I can cover them better because I love them. But yeah. with that in mind, like, I just feel so awful for this fan base. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's one step forward, it's two steps back. You know what I mean? Like, just when things were kind of starting, people are even starting to feel good about the Eric Carlson trade. You know what I mean? Like, Abs- yeah, exactly. Who would have thought a year out there would be people saying, wow, you know what? Pierre may have done a really good job there. Norris, yeah. Norris is great. We've got a, well, we lucked out that San Jose fell off a cliff uh, for sure. getting a top 10 pick. But either way, the results are a great pick a great prospect and then a bunch of other well four more assets but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just having this whole story kind of bring the dark cloud back over the senators it's just why won't he sell yeah it's <laughs> it's not fair i don't think he's going to be the owner much longer um just because i don't see the end game right like what is he hoping for we we know he's 
in some financial struggles. He's got, I think, three. three yeah, he's got three <laughs> pending lawsuits. I think now, like yep. so. There's to me, there's no scenario where he's going to be able to continue owning the team, even if he tries. Right? Eventually, yeah. he's going to run out of money. Like, folks, if you if you're not aware of this, owning professional sports teams doesn't make you money ninety percent of the time. You know, like it's a very very expensive venture. So and that's why this that's why Melnick has had to trade everybody and strip the hockey ops department down to its bare bones because sell his, uh, his resources. Don't forget about that. True, yeah. <laughs> Fancy yeah, man. Last God. So <laughs> so I think where we're at is <clears throat> I think there might be some truth to the notion that he's kind of waiting for that Seattle expansion check and then he's out. But I don't know. Like I, I said at near the beginning of the year that I don't think he makes it out of twenty twenty as the owner. Um, I hope I'm right. It would make a lot of sense this off season. Yeah. It seems it seems like the time is right. They're gonna it's gonna be a team in transition. You got two lottery picks, um, new uniforms. It seems like the writing is on the wall that they're coming. So Well, we'll see. That it could have been a, a Jim Little uh Back venture, and he might get the synagogue back. God, like man. That, like that. Oh, not the synagogue, please. <laughs> Bring back the synagogue. <laughs> get the SNES logo again. If you, uh, if you Google synagogue, I think I'm the first hit. I think you are. are. I've Googled it. Now. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. I can't have that attached to my brand too hard. Jesus. Um, honest, I have a soft spot for those jerseys. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think. I think the difference between a bad jersey and an amazing jersey is not that not that far apart. So I do sometimes get uh, a little tired of the crazy jersey talk that goes on on Twitter and acting like we're running around as clowns in these jerseys. They're not great, yeah. but it's not like it's not such a, a abhorrent eyesore or anything like that. It's like, all right, yeah, our, our jerseys look like they were designed in mm, like 2007 by an. That's by true. They're they're very dated. They're dated, but whatever. You you take a look around the league. You got you got a bunch of garbage ones. You got the Florida Panthers who look like a a hybrid soccer jersey press thing <laughs> that's going on. Yeah, you, you take a look at some of the color schemes out of the alternative jerseys of like Edmonton and oh. is Minnesota's really weird. I want to say Minnesota's third jersey is really weird, but I can't remember anything about Minnesota, so I might yeah. just be making that up. The thing is with hockey jerseys, man, is. When they're good, they're, like, really good. Like, the Bruins have a phenomenal jersey. Chicago has a phenomenal jersey. Um, even some of the more contemporary ones, like, as much as I hate Pittsburgh, I really like what they've done going back to the black and gold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Philadelphia embraces their, their for orange. For sure, yeah. I love that, that black Philadelphia jersey they have right now, the the one that's kind of like the, the stealth uh, Sharks. I do, too. Yeah, oh, that stealth Sharks one love is, is love gross. It, love it, love it. I love it. But you know what? Um, but even the Sens have had some amazing jerseys, like the Black O, right? Rihanna, Rihanna was in that jersey. Like, like how do you not keep exactly. that? Exactly. Like, you want to stay relevant, like, culturally. You have the biggest pop star, one of the most beautiful women, women in the world, <laughs> getting photographed willingly in your jersey, and you decide, nah, we're going to stick with this other one. Like, what are you doing? I just want to know why. That's the, the big thing is because – uh, Melnick's gone on record saying he likes the red jersey, and I just want to know what it Shock. is. What is it that he likes about it? Because like, I, I, it can't be driving sales. 
You know what I think it is? I think it's because it's his. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah that's, you know what? Like the um the other ones, the whites and the, the Senegoth, that was those were Bryden uniforms, were they not? Uh I think so. Yeah, because the, the Senegoth was 2004 is my gut feeling is when it got introduced no i think it was earlier than that they were it in the 2001 playoffs didn't they this is before my time but like <laughs> see that's that's when uh yeah i guess i never touched on that in the intro i got too distracted yelling about lee's twitter yeah. uh but that was i'm an i'm an og Sense yeah. fan, I I saw the first playoff series and all that. The the horrible Toronto years. Damn. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think it might have been two thousand and one. So yeah, definitely Bryden. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Bryden. So I feel like Eugene has this logo is like it's like his stamp on it maybe you know. But it also at this point kind of feels like a middle finger to the fans. Oh yeah. Because like, oh, yeah. like how often have how long have we been begging for new jerseys, right? Like when they're sitting right in front of us, just make uh, yeah. those the official jerseys. If you want red, just red up one of the heritage jerseys. Sure, yeah. Like, we have the template for it with the uh, the centennial one, which mm-hmm. isn't bad in person. It's weird when you kind of take a look at it with the shiny silvery stuff, but in person I... it looks real good. When they first came out with that, I hated it, and I own and I own two now. You know, <laughs> That's not bad. yeah, like I have a Carlson one and a Colin White one, and it's like I love them. They're gorgeous in person. They look great when the guys are wearing them on the ice. So. Yeah. When it comes to these alternate jerseys, like we, they can't miss, you know. Like, when was the last alternate? The last alternate jersey that they came out with was the Snez one, you know, like, yeah. uh, and that was what 2010, 2009, something like that. And something it's like around there. Yeah, that was that like, weird time. There was a lot of teams that did the stupid names across the Bolts. Tampa, Tampa. Tampa. I have, I had a Bolts jersey. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. sorry. I, had a, I, had a, one. One. I had a Snez one too, but. Uh, <laughs> I was a kid, man. I yeah, thought it was yeah, cool. Yeah. But but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like and then they they go to the heritage ones. They had the black heritage one. They had the kind of like beige cream colored yeah. one that was like really nice. Um and even the Centennial one. The Centennial one's great. Oh, so yeah, I won a a free one from the Sens Casino. Ooh. Uh I got an Andy an Andy one which I'm super happy with. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you photographed in that. One. <laughs> yeah, there's some good poses. Yeah. <laughs> Dig them up. I make some good I'm really photogenic. Uh, <laughs> but and when I saw that as soon as I put it on I'm like no this jersey's great. This jersey yeah. is it's it's nice looking to wear. It's not like I'll wear it. I'll put it on just to go out and do some grocery shopping if I'm too lazy on a Sunday morning or something like that and I don't feel like I'm walking around looking like a clown. It feels like uh, a completely more than fine hockey jersey. Yeah. Whereas like my old my old Emery Senegoth, no thank you. I think I, I've got the standard oh. red. Uh, well, the Emery Senegoth is pretty funny too because it's. Uh, <laughs> I got it for the 2006 playoffs. I want to say the one that we should have won. Oh. But, but yeah. Everything collapsed against Jersey. That's the hardest playoff series. I don't care what anyone says. That Jersey Buffalo, was right? Was it or was it Buffalo? Yeah, Pominville in overtime. Yeah. Was it that one? I'm. Which what year was the one where we lost against Jersey in the? Uh, 2003. That, was it? Oh my God! I'm so old. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't even a fan during these times, and I know. <laughs> yeah, you write about it. I just treat things like. Uh, like I've watched. I've watched them all on YouTube and. Stay yeah. in Westboro, chump. Uh, that's garbage. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. <laughs> that's my banter right there. Oh. No, my- I, I just don't know why you don't just make a jersey, especially if you're going to sell the team. Put out the new jersey or a throwback 2D jersey for a season. Collect two million bucks in jersey sales and then 
walk away. Like that just also seems like another quick cash grab that Eugene could do to fund his many, many lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably sounds like he's got another one coming from Little. <laughs> well, at first when I when I heard about it, I was just like, eh, okay, first two months probationary period, they'll just walk away. But the fact that the discussion is still going on and now these allegations are getting thrown around, it yeah. Yeah. I just I don't understand. I just don't understand how Melnick was ever successful in anything he ever did. Well, like, they had... I, he got lucky with the big pharma <laughs> getting involved in that. He also committed fraud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing. People don't talk about that enough. He literally had to stop doing the thing that made him money because the way he made money was by cheating and lying. Yeah, he got banned from it. He got like, yeah. a, you know, it's a glorified way of saying you can do this or you can go to jail. But which is just maddening. And then he and then wasn't he hiring people from that company to work for the Sens? Yep. Yeah, he hired like, former. Uh, uh, hired uh. former. <laughs> but when he bought the Sens, all the season ticket holders got a free ticket to see the Eagles at, at the Canadian Tire Center, baby. I, man, you know what this feels like? It feels like ma- it feels like Major League. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it feels like this is a, a, a bad joke in some like b-series sitcom about a sports team like it it feels like this is just a caricature of an evil owner and this is just a reality it shouldn't be this way like Uh, like you you mentioned the jerseys you know what i mean like it's like and you mentioned how you like to you know have ones that you can just wear casually like that's what that's what i go for when i buy them right like i have the two centennial ones i have um i have a mike fisher like a 2008 one, just because Fish is my favorite player, and I got it for cheap. Um, I got a, I have a black 2D. I have a Carlson Sharks, a white one, and I have a, my prized possession is a, is a Mike Fisher Nashville Predators captain St- Stanley Cup final jersey. That's not a bad one to have. To have. Yeah, it's it's pretty looking. Do you have but, the yellow one? Is it the uh, the bright? Yeah, it's one? yeah, it's the gold one. <laughs> you but, Oh, I love it, but uh, but yeah, like it's not hard, you know. Like and it and that's and that's why I begin to think that it's kind of a middle finger to the fans, you know, because it's like it just seems so obvious. Who was the? Was it? I forget the guy, the guy's name, but was it Rakowski? Was that the uh, the last our COO that like Nick Rakowski? Yeah. yeah. Uh, was he the one who said that he had pulled the fans and no one cared about a jersey or something like that? Yeah. No. He he said he said the majority of fans prefer the current logo. <laughs> like it, of course you can always uh you can always skew any poll you want to do so do you remember this is why i was so happy with little because i have i have a story about Ruskowski. okay so do you remember i don't know if you i don't know how much you read from silver seven or whatever but do you remember last year when stone got traded i wrote a piece it was called the toxic culture of the ottawa centers mm, absolutely yeah and i just it blew up like it was one of the most viewed uh pieces we've ever had on the site all right, humble brag. I get it, but keep yeah, going. yeah, you know, yeah, you know no, no big deal. <laughs> you know, just just just, just stating the facts. It, it just got hits, you know. I made some good content. <laughs> In any case, that night I get an email from Nick Ruskowski, and uh, it says, and it's the most weirdly typed, grammatically incorrect, like like he took four seconds and typed it on his fo- iPhone email, and it says something like. Um, if you have any questions uh, that you want to ask me, I'm at your disposal. Um, so I reply and I say, yeah, I'd actually love to ask you some questions. We can do phone. I can just send you some questions like what works for you. 
never heard back. And, and then, and then <laughs> like, like a month and a half later, whatever, he's gone. And it's like, well, and he, he seemed like from, from his, his time with the Sens, he seemed like the kind of person who would just stay on board, do whatever yeah. Melnick kind of guided him to do. And then, cut and run or whatever but he literally lasted the one year that people last even though he seemed like he was in line with melnick's complete bullshit yeah everybody has their limits man like i don't want to bag too much on the guy because i don't know him right like i don't i don't know the circumstances around why he you know if, if it reached out to me and then dodged me <laughs> though wasn't that kind of the whole thing i remember i was talking to uh, another silver sevens uh, writer beata and yeah. she, she had talked about how i can't remember who it was but had reached out to her to like set up like a discussion and every time she tried to find a time the person just never answered and would pass yeah. it yeah. along it's a common it's just... theme right like they started doing the thing uh giving the bloggers press access and then they and then they cut it like without explanation and like um, cuz Colin and Beata I think were two of the people that were doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they I just they just stopped, you know? So I think what they do is they tr they try to do things to make themselves look like they're reaching out and then just not follow up, right? Cuz they're like, "Ah, you know, now we can say we reached out or whatever." And that's why I like Jim Little so much is his reaching out didn't sugarcoat things or feel yeah. like it was a uh like a bullshit olive branch it really felt like he was trying to get to the root of everything and then when he found out that the root of everything is eugene at the top that's kind of the poison apple mm -hmm. uh and he tried to make changes with that he got kicked kicked on his ass yeah, like, yeah. He, he came out of retirement for this like that's the part that i don't get like it wasn't like he was begging for this job he's it, local it, yeah exactly it made a lot of sense for both parties and then for it to just whatever happened here after two months, it just seems so weird. It just seems so so weird. This whole thing is so weird. Yeah, he. <sighs> and that was the one thing I liked about him was the accountability, right? We never, we've never, we haven't seen that since Cyril Leader. You know. Yeah, and even then, Cyril Leader at at the end, and I think a lot of that again was Melnick going down his. Uh, like I, I also think as Melnick's getting older, he's getting much more of a asshole yeah yeah he's starting not to give a shit anymore right like yeah well he came back to life basically and then yeah we can make reference to this tweet as as much as the the james creighton one where he's the only person to have a near-death experience and somehow come out worse uh and i feel bad kind of harping on on anyone this hard but it's just so frustrating being a longtime fan and just having the first good season be marred with this kind of and good season one where we're hoping to finish 30th <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. it's wild that we can say it's a good season but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. positive kind of sense emotions that i've had outside of the inexplicable stanley cup runs and and of like the last five years gets marred by this uh this bullshit that we have to deal with time after time yeah and he like <sighs> How stupid is it that <laughs> the best, the example that constantly gets pointed to for the franchise's success is the five game, frankly, humiliating loss in the 2007 Stanley Cup final, yep. where the Sens got, got their ass kicked for five games, and the two, 2017 Eastern Conference final, which would be any other team's most heartbreaking moment ever. I was not okay for like a week after when it scored <laughs> that goal. You know? I know it's still on the fence whether I'll ever come out okay. I, I still can't watch it, but like I was like, 
So like, uh, and like when he went on this, when he went on, I think it was either the fan or CFRA. He he pointed. He's like, oh well, we were in the Stanley Cup final. I'm like, that's 16 years ago or 13 years ago or whatever now. Like what? Like and it's like and we lost <laughs> badly. Yeah. Now there is a little bit of an argument to be made that Ottawa had it real good for a long time. For sure. For, for the mid 2000s to the mid 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It was. It never felt real. Like we had our pesky sends runs. We've had our how many first round losses and things like that. It's never felt outside of the early 2000s where we just got friggin' wrecked by Toronto. Screw you, Toronto. Uh, over and over. But since then, it's never felt like our team has been the one that that's been built for success. Yeah. It's never felt like we've looked at it and figured out this is what we need. We're gonna we're gonna tear it down, build it up into a contender until like last year, and even then it was more of a forced rebuild because we had to lose all of our all of our players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you know what, there's pros and cons to it. The fact that we got Chucky and he ended up exceeding everyone's expectations, and he's become such a character guy, such a great guy, and on and off the ice, it's exactly what Ottawa needed at the time. Yeah, yeah, they've. they've uh... Uh... They've, they've managed, managed to, to fall ass backwards, backwards in some serious exactly, success, yeah, that's, right? Yeah, that's that's the, like, the best way to, to describe. Andrew Hammond brought <laughs> one of the worst teams in 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 the league into the playoffs. Andrew Hammond, like if there's if there's a better way to describe falling ass backwards into success, I don't think I can come up with it. Andrew Hammond, our fourth string goalie put on one of the most impressive sports performances to bring us into the playoffs only to lose in the first round. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And he got pulled after game two or three, didn't he? Yeah, it's yeah. well, it's too bad for him, but I also think that if we had ran Andy from the start, I think that we could, probably could have beaten that series just because. Oh, yeah, well, they got gypped in the game six or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. That was wild. But Tim, I, Was it Tim Peel that blew the whistle or was it a Rourke? No, oh. Dan O'Rourke. That's who it was. Friggin' O'Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I but, want. I want my sense games unreffed from now on. Yeah, but like even even in that 2017 run, right? Like they still did it, like in spite of who they were and in spite of Melnick. Like, do you remember how awful CC and FNAF were that entire playoff run? It, yeah, it wasn't. Well, it's 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 weird to think back uh, on FNAF and. Like somehow we lost CC or we lost Fanuf and our defense got worse. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's honestly, weird to, weird to think of it that way because he had such a such a one-dimensional game uh, of just being big. That yeah. was all Fanuf could do, and it was it's too bad that he never got to his true potential. And I believe yeah. the Leafs ruined him. Yeah, uh, but it, it it was wild, and that all the credit goes to Guy Boucher. He's he. If you want one really good playoff run, hire Guy Boucher and then make sure that he's not with your team afterwards. Yeah. Because he's the most stubborn guy. He's the most stubborn coach. For someone so smart, I don't understand how he was so stubborn. Like, right. just evolve with the game, evolve with the team. See that your old system wasn't working, and stop trying to like shoehorn Burrow into a top line defenseman to try and make it work. Just because he actually does what you're asking him. I try not to beg on Boucher too much because I do feel bad for the guy. Oh, yeah. But no, absolutely. at the yeah. same time, he played Tom Pyatt more minutes than Ryan Dezingle in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final, including <laughs> in overtime after Dezingle tied the game. Tom Pyatt, though. 
Like it doesn't make like nothing made sense that entire time. We didn't. I don't think we saw a Carlson Shabbat pairing once. You know, uh, not for any extended amount of time. I think there may have been one or two weird power plays where we had them on the point each, How but, but ridiculous is that? it was clear that they weren't comfortable with it. I remember watching it, and both of them would kind of move a little awkwardly because they didn't practice it. Yeah, I don't understand it. We had such crazy firepower. Why not just have our power plays be literally five crazy good shots, two on the point, then you can have... Well, who, who would we add? Carlson and Hoffman on the point, Stone, yeah, yeah. Duchesne. Well, Duchesne was there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been easy just to load up and just have a friggin' firing squad going, but instead it was like, mm, no, 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 we have to be balanced here. Just have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that Boucher didn't get the credit, Doesn't still doesn't get the credit he deserved for turning our team into a playoff team in that, yeah, yeah. In that one season, but yeah. he also doesn't get as much criticism as he deserves for his last season of, of pure Payette. That that Uber video comes out where the players literally talk about how there's a fundamental lack of structure <laughs> on, on their, their team, team about how bad their penalty kill is and how they literally do nothing. Andy's like, oh shit. Like, and then and they, they didn't change, change it. it. <laughs> That's, That's the part I get. That's the part I get. Like, you know what? That Uber vi video never should have come out. The person who put that video out is just uh, oh, a oh bad, he's a scumbag. A, he's a, he's a, a scumbag. Exactly. Absolutely. He, he, especially with this argument that he wanted a bigger tip. It's like, come on now. But the fact <laughs> that they literally had documented proof that what they were doing was wrong. Without any sugarcoating or anything like that, but instead they they wheeled out the same things. They they didn't switch it up. They just kept doing the the pure. Uh, like I'm trying to remember, was that 2018? It was the end of 2017. Oh no, yeah, it was late 2018. Yep. Yeah, 2018, and I just remember watching that power play look so listless. Drop pass. Drop pass. You could set a watch to it. You knew exactly what was going to happen. And it goes back to Boucher, too, when, when the time that Laviolette called him out by uh, not not forechecking yeah, that yeah. Philly uh, Tampa yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> and Man, that's, oh. Listen, I'm, I never played – I played one year of double-A hockey. That was the highest level I ever played, right? I'm a football player. Like, that's that's where my, you know, technical knowledge of sports is at, right? I'm a moron when it comes to the technical aspects of hockey, right? Like, so if I'm watching on my television and I can see that, oh, here comes a drop pass, I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that every other NHL player, coach, team, equipment manager can figure out that it's coming, right? So, again, I do feel bad for Boucher, but every time I look back on it, I just get so mad. Yeah. I, just get, yeah. I get so frustrated because, like, think of – we had a team, and when I say we, I mean we as fans because I hate when people refer to, like, the actual we as being part of the team. Yeah, I know. Unless but, you're on Minnesota where they have retired the fans' number. Yeah. You're not a member <laughs> of the team, but you're a supporter. But, yeah, we had a team with Mike Hoffman – Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, Eric Carlson, Thomas Shabbat, Pajot, like... Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And they did nothing. And I, I really think a huge factor for uh, why we ended up losing Carlson and Stone in them not wanting to kind of be a part of the, the rebuild is the fact that they had they'd sat through season after season of uh, 
bad I don't want to say bad coaching, but just the the infrastructure that surrounds the entire organization. When you're when you're involved in it, you know. When yeah. you when you talk with your other people and you find out about what their staff does and all all the resources that are available to the players there, that why would you why would you want to commit eight years to uh, a question mark of whether your team will ever actually get its shit together and compete? Every now, now Carlson then ends up like the whole. Sharks thing never made sense to me. He never yeah. seemed like the the proper player for what they wanted. So it kind of came back to bite him in a way where he now has to go through the same thing with the Sharks. But they have way more money. Their facilities are way better. So he knows that at worst, he just has to sit out or he has to wait a couple of seasons and then they'll be back into a position where they might be good. Whereas for the Senators... It's a question mark. There's still a huge question mark in my mind of whether we're going to do this rebuild right. And it's because time after time after time, I've seen the skeletal front office staff not know what to do with the players, with the, the team that we have. And as as excited as I am for any of the players that we get, I don't want to see them waste four years by dirtling around playing on a budget team yeah. and never actually putting together a squad that can push through the first three rounds of the playoffs yeah well san jose is unquestionably further along in the rebuild they don't have enough they don't have picks but i mean they already have you know young established and well, young ish established nhl players they've got a vander kane who gets a lot of flack but he's a stud oh, if you've fantastic. ever watched yeah like and they got logan couture burns is solid you know vlasic is probably the most underrated defenseman in the league like they've got a good team well, in the league. problem is their age though like i i agree they're a it, that they have a lot of really good parts, but yeah. uh, in the coming years, they're going to lose two or three kind of pivotal ones. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they don't have Norris ready to step in and take take some of Thornton's minutes and and stuff like that is gonna is gonna be hard. But I have confidence that Doug Wilson will see what he's missing and find a way to to make a, a trade or find something to to add into it where I don't have that feeling with Ottawa. Oh, he's phenomenal. He doesn't lose trades. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got to wait a little bit on the Carlson one, but that's kind of out of his control. Yeah, but I mean, it's Eric Carlson. And you know what I mean? Like, and like he's, and that's the other thing that's kind of frustrated me about him being there is people are still not appreciating how good he is. He's had amazing, he's been amazing the last two years. Even this year, he was like, he was doing really well. His underlying numbers were fantastic. Absolutely. You know? And he's, he's gone, he's on a cadaver ankle. Yep, and yep. he's he's nursing. He's trying to play through a bunch of injuries. Like, like, yeah, and he played through it last year in the playoffs, and he was still the best defenseman on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Like, yeah, forty so, points in fifty six games this year for him. Yeah, on, on a team like well, I guess we can't really say too much because he was on Ottawa doing the same thing on probably worse teams. But the Sharks fans at one point they're going to see Eric Carlson be Eric Carlson. Yeah. And they're going to feel bad about all the stuff that they've said about him in the last couple of seasons. I think I think him not finishing this season and needing surgery is the best thing for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wish that he never rushed back for Ottawa both times because I think that really puts strain on his his major injuries. And it's, yeah, a part of, it's a part of why he has to slow his game down right now uh, with the Sharks, which I guess... In a purely greedy sense, I'm happy he he pushed through it with Ottawa and is now paying for it on another team. Yeah. But just on a human humanity sense, I wish that he didn't put so much pressure on himself to to be as good as he was in Ottawa. 
Yeah. Damn, I was gonna be. I was worried we weren't gonna have any content to talk about, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't. We haven't even gone through like half of the. <laughs> no, no, we've gone. Com- we've gone completely off the rails, but I love it because it's honestly probably. That's what you get with Bossy, baby. That's what you get. Bossy's off, off the cup. cup. Yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen, but I won't <laughs> shut up. Um, the one thing I did want to touch on really quickly because it's something I've seen you tweet about is uh, Anders Nilsson, man. Like he's still out with that concussion. And oh, that's not good. Um, it's it's hard to watch. Uh, it's slightly more positive because he's still in some of the team content. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you watch him play with dogs. He yep. he was in the pride video as well. He's skating, but the fact that he skated twice before and then stopped skating. Oof. Well, it's yeah. I think I think everyone knows like my personal history with concussions by now, and it's like. I can't tell you what a dark place that puts you in, you know, um, just the feeling not normal and not being able to do anything about it. Um, it's that, and it's the, um, and the isolation from your teammates, right? Like not being able to play, not being able to practice like that takes a toll on you. And that's something that a lot of people that don't play our organized sports don't understand, right? Like it takes your identity. It takes who you are. Especially when it's something like this, where, you feel like you still have so much left to give. Yeah. It's like like the Clark MacArthur discussions around the playoffs where it's like, Oh, why, why even bother coming back? Why? Which I get that guy, Clark, I, I hope he's doing great now. We haven't heard from him in a little while, yeah. but I hope that, or I was so worried every time he was on the ice. Cause I just couldn't take it. If he got hit blindside hit or something like that. But as, as a hockey player, as a professional hockey player, he needed that. He yep, needed yep. that last playoff runs to be like, you know what? I, I can still do it. I proved to myself. I proved to my family. I can walk away now with closure. And yeah. lucky for him, he got to walk away before the worst sense teams in the history. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was one, one of those. I, I've always been one of those guys that said, oh, well, just walk away. It's not worth it, right? But when it, the chips were down and it was my turn to walk away and stop playing football, it was hard, man. Like, and I didn't know if I was going to do it or not. Like it took some people I cared about and people I trusted, like sitting me down and saying, Hey, like this, this, this shit isn't worth it anymore. You know, like you've got to think about the rest of your life. Like I, I've had a couple of concussions, nothing ever serious. Thankfully, knock on wood that it stays that way. But this was like playing bottom div soccer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, and I would, I would sit out for like 40 minutes and my head would be swimming. And yep, then I'd yep. be like, all right, I got to get back in. Let's go. And that it, it's just, it, it, people who like sports and like playing sports were idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're right. Yeah. We're, we're complete idiots because we don't listen to, uh, to what our body is telling us. And I guess, you know what? It's also the culture around it where it's like, there's, it's not you, it's team. And when you feel like you're letting your teammates down by getting injured, which yeah, yeah. when you say it out loud, it's like, are you kidding? And it's yeah. never been something I've ever felt for a teammate of mine who's hurt. And it's, no, no, it's not no. like, oh, look at him being a lazy over there. It's never yeah. once crossed my mind, but it's just you're so ingrained to push yourself to the absolute limit. And it's uh, I'm glad I'm really, really glad that the culture is starting to shift. And there's so much good concussion uh, awareness going on right now yeah. that like it's it's small steps, but it has to happen. The, yeah. the yeah. whole mentality around uh, walk it off, push yourself, and all that just needs to stop because people are paying for it with their life. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice if the NHL actually started 
acknowledging it. Mouth is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Embrace it. Grow with it. It would be a good look for their brand. There's spotters that feel like they're just picking and choosing whether they want to uh, enforce their job or not. It, it is wildly ridiculous to me. Well, well, the most insane part about it is there are, um, they're not allowed to go get the treatment that'll fix them, right? Like, because then they'll be admitting, or it makes the league look bad. Like, I, I got my concussions treated, you know what I mean, through functional neurology and vision-based treatment. And there's NHL players aren't allowed to do that. And it's nuts. Because that was the first that was the first thing that gave me results, man. Like, I, my last couple, I got mashed. Like, I got really, really messed up to the point where my personality began to change. And I, w- I barely even remember that, like, three-month period of my life. So... I cannot imagine continuing to live that way. I don't know. I don't know how I would have, you know? So when I think of these guys who, you know, I had probably somewhere in the neighborhood of in the ballpark of six to eight concussions in my life. And I had two in rapid succession that were the ones that ended my football career. So when I think of these guys that are getting hit in the head almost every night, you know, at insane speeds, uh, because that speed's not something you can replicate on the football field. And guys getting in fights and getting repeatedly punched in the head, like it just it scares the hell out of me that there are guys going through that, you know. Like we've seen it, guys die. Steve Monador died. Yeah. Wade Belak, you know, Rick Rippin, all those guys. Like Bugard was another one. He had a, he had CT as well. Well, and so, the part that gets me too is we're watching this in the NHL, and that is not it, it's the top of the league. And I think about these these adjacent leagues you the you think about the the prairie leagues and things like that for the people who aren't nhl players they're doing the same thing not at the same speed or at the same uh professional level but they're hitting they're fighting and all that and they have like a 12th of the resources available to them yeah yeah it's not that's, even close. That's, that's what gets me is 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 i think about like i'm glad that well i know i'm not glad that nilson is hurt but i'm glad that he uh, hopefully and again that's putting trust in a senator's team that i don't know why i still trust but yeah. hopefully they ha- they're surrounding him with the correct resources that they're allowed to give uh but i think about these people who who play play those those junior leagues or those adjacent leagues and then go home probably have whatever coping method they have and then they come back into the the rink two days later and get another one yeah Yeah. it is just it needs to stop it needs to stop from from the lowest level like timbits hockey which i know is uh, there's no hitting or anything like that but there needs to be awareness that it's just ingrained in in anyone in sports that there are certain things you can't play through there are certain things that you shouldn't even be allowed to play through one, we all need to get on the same page and decide what our priorities are. And two, um, just got to start acknowledging it, right? Like the NFL started acknowledging it. That's where the whole CTE thing stemmed from. It took a lot to, to for, get For sure, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, at least it's out there. But it's, embar- okay. it's embarrassing as a fan of the NHL to be, you know, to be a fan of the only league that still denies that this thing exists. And that it has some of the, the most uh, egregious evidence that it does yeah. exist. It's it's unbelievable. And it's just, and obviously, yeah, it is depressing. And depressing. yeah, and I don't want to take, I don't want that to take away from what Anders Nilsson's going through. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the point that I want to get across is that probably the point that we both want to get across is that 
we don't really care if Anders Nilsson never plays another game for the Senators, as long as Anders Nilsson, the person, is okay. Uh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's 100%. And I feel that for any Senator. Yeah, of course. At any point, if you want to walk away, that I'm never, no one, I can't, I, well, okay. I've seen some of the awful mouth breathing fans that do exist on Twitter, uh, but no one will ever hold it against you, them, uh, for, yeah. for wanting to, to make sure that they have a life outside of hockey. A good friend of mine who was one of my best coaches told me, no matter what you do, if you decide you don't want to play anymore, nobody's going to bat an eye. Like the world's yeah. going to go on. The team's going to go on. You know, nobody's going to think any less of you. And if they do, screw them. Yeah, so, exactly. They're not They're not good people at that point. No, exactly. So, yeah. I, right. I'm super happy to see Boro uh, change his game. Yes. yes. It's the best way to, to describe it is he came in a completely different player this year, and he's been fantastic. And he's not looking for the the huge hits he's not looking for fights and it's because he says he's got more to live for than just just hockey and i think that's uh that's the way it has to go for all these players yeah like watching sabaran fight was it reeves for no reason it's just kind of like no one's ever like you're a brave guy we get it but yeah. you don't need to do this no don't I was just scared. stand there and get pummeled that's exactly oh and that bacchus moment was oh i don't I, the only other time I've ever felt that uneasy watching hockey was uh, Andreas Dackel when he got blindside hit by uh, Lindros. Oh, yeah. Where you're just looking and you're just like, it's, I don't even know if, if they're okay there. Yeah. And and that part just, that part breaks my heart. And I'm hoping that there's less and less and less and less of that every year. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people who aren't fans of uh, Joe Rogan, but I listened to one of his episodes where he talked to Brendan Schaub um, when Brendan Schaub was still in the UFC. And Rogan pretty much sat him down on his podcast and had an intervention to get him to stop fighting. And uh, he had this line that really struck me. And he said, he said, um, you think fighting's your life, but it's not. Your life is your life. And, you know, like, and that's very, obviously very simplistic, right? But I mean, it, it hits home for like an athlete, you know, it hit home for me when I was going through what I was going through. And that's, and that's what you, that's what you were kind of referring to there, right? Is like, you know, guys need to stop seeing sport as their life and seeing their life as their life, you know? Exactly. And I, I, it's hard for these players. And that's one thing that I always think about is I'm, I'm lucky. I was never really good (laughs) (laughs) at at any sport that it became my, my everything. But these players, they don't know that much. They, they play, they play hockey, they play minor, they go billet housing where all they do is hockey. And then they're in, in the NHL. I can understand why people are afraid to, uh, to give it up like i think about guillaume latondress all the time mm-hmm. when it came out afterwards that he was in the the sens uh, locker room crying because of his concussions and his issues and he still played because he didn't he needed to play hockey because that's all he knew what what to do it breaks my heart and that's yeah. something that i hope never happens to another player again which i know is kind of uh it's probably happening right now to a bunch of players that we have no idea about yeah. in the nhl Guaranteed. but it oh absolutely 100 percent. but it, that needs to stop and that's that's awareness that's education and that's a league that's going to admit that there's something fundamentally wrong with uh how they've been uh handling this issue agreed and who knows when um, that's going to happen yeah yeah, so this will be coming out on Monday, um, but today's Sunday. It's International Women's Day. I figured we should acknowledge that. Um, let's. Ju- I will just touch on it really quickly. Um, there's been a lot of 
you know, and it seems appropriate now with the women's worlds getting canceled due to the spread of yeah. COVID-19, which just sucks. Uh, with the, right... the, the momentum that they had been building this year, too, yeah. it's, it's really heartbreaking that that had to be canceled. canceled. Yeah, it's the right decision, obviously, for health reasons, but, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. But, you know, just thinking of this many great women that have, you know, that are in hockey and have been in hockey, uh, I, 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 I know this is kind of a broad topic, but I, I'll right. just kind of share what I had in mind. Um, I've had a lot of great experiences with women in hockey. Um, Vicky Sanahara is actually the head coach of women's hockey at U of T. They just won the Macaw Cup. Shout out to them. Hey. But, uh, but yeah, she's a very nice lady. I remember I helped her out with something one time when I was at work, and she said, uh, oh, yeah, my name is Vicky, by the way. And I look at her like she's speaking <laughs> on. I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> you know? You know? But, uh, but, yeah. And then uh, Tessa Banam is actually who, who works for TSN now, a Vancouver yeah. Olympic gold medalist, two-time world champion. Uh, I met her in Sudbury, actually. We're from the same hometown where um, when I was very young, she was coaching at uh, No Frills Hockey School. And uh, she signed a hockey stick for me. She's a very nice lady. Rebecca Johnston's another one from Sudbury, another fantastic women's hockey player. Um, yeah, just give a shout out to anybody you really feel like, Bosti. Well, I'll talk about Tessa Banam because I think that she has been a fantastic find for TSN as well. And I know this isn't really about her play, but just her transition into journalism, I, I love her interviews. I think that she's she, phenomenal. Well, I think that she does such a great job of actually talking to the player. Uh, I feel like we're watching a conversation, whereas instead, with sometimes, especially, no offense, well, a little offense to Darren Drager, but whenever I watch <laughs> someone, it just feels like he has his talking points and he's just trying to guide to whatever he wants to get out of it, and it it drives me up the wall because people talk about hockey cliches, but so much of it stems from the the low. The, the awful interview questions that kind of get thrown at her, or thrown at them, I should say. But it was, I think it was Tess Bonham who interviewed, uh, uh, who was the former Sen that played for the Habs and is now on uh, Philly? Oh. Nate Thompson. Nate Thompson, Nate Thompson yep. yep. That was Tessa. That whole interview about his struggles and all that was was artful with the way that she uh, she listened to him talked some pretty heavy heavy subject matter but at no point did it come off as anything other than just a a, a lovely conversation well not lovely but a, a conversation between those two and I, my respect for her after that went went up and i already had such a great respect for her as a player but being able to watch just how good of a, a journalist she is has been great now if we're going to go look at some other players too i, I gotta shout out uh zabados I think that she is a fantastic goaltender. And when I was young, I, I've always loved goalies. I, I played goalie pretty poorly, but uh, <laughs> so I always like watching goalies. Uh, she had such an explosive style in net that it was just super fun to watch. The way that she would challenge every shot, she would kick every shot out super hard. It was nice to see her get, uh, get some, who was it? Was it Edmonton? Yeah, I want to say Ed yes. Yeah, my gut says Edmonton. It was great to see her uh, help and play with Edmonton uh, <laughs> for for that time because I I wish there was more of that. I look at the I look at the NBA and I uh, even the NFL and how they've embraced women in in their sport and their culture and I wish that the uh, the NHL would make those steps as well because we have to grow. We have as hockey fans, it is our duty to help grow uh, the women's leagues because they're level of play is outstanding i think back to that soaky uh that soaky finals mm -hmm. being on the edge of i was at work that day 
uh, at a coffee shop in a mall, and I remember just having my laptop there, and people were just watching it <laughs> because it was it was high flying. The speed at which, and then when when the uh, the Yanks almost tied it up in that last minute. Yeah. Ooh, I remember. I remember. I remember nothing of the men's Soki Olympics, probably. <laughs> because it wasn't great but well, Canada but, walked everybody yeah yeah exactly but I remember uh I can remember that uh that finals almost perfectly because it was it's one of it's one of the best hockey games I think uh in Canadian uh international history absolutely yeah I hope that in 2024 we have the same sort of uh, accolades for that game as we did for the 20 the Vancouver Olympics mm-hmm. very well said um oh boy we should probably answer some questions guys <laughs> we're, we're at about we're at about an hour right <laughs> yeah yeah no, I, no, I'm, I'm, worried I'm worried about, about how much editing you're gonna have to do oh don't be man this great. is great <laughs> I'm, I'm worried, worried about, about i'm worried about the questions like oh boy okay, okay. so ross my buddy at sheer rossiness wants to know yeah. why does everyone focus on the chicken from that video when bossy's true passion is swords <laughs> well okay so I, i'm gonna c- come out and say i'm not sure like why everyone thinks I have a whole bunch of swords. I really only have one. It's really big, so I get it. But everyone's like, "Oh, Boston and his swords." I have one sword. That's just it. This is coming out here. Maybe it's gonna ruin my brand. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow at like 38 followers or something like that because I've been lying this whole time. But come on. <laughs> How often you like? Okay. I also don't know why I ever started tweeting about rotisserie chicken. Oh it's God. it's this weird combination. I tweeted it at, I, I want to say it was Mark Stone, 2016, 2015. I said, hey, Mark, if you're hungry, I'll buy you a rotisserie chicken. And it <laughs> didn't even get love on Twitter. Like, I remember thinking back, it got like three likes. And then I was like, uh-uh, I'm going to now offer it to every Senators player I can think of. And I just, I'm just waiting for the time someone takes me up on it. Oh, it'll happen. It'll probably, my, my bet's Brady Kachuk. I was thinking. I thought Peugeot might do it if I got it like uh, a charity angle to it. Ooh. But I could see if 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 I run into Brady. Well, I tweeted it at uh, Haley. We were talking about her earlier from the Athletic that she was number four on my list of who I'd like to eat uh, a rotisserie chicken with. <laughs> and then she was like, "Wow, I'm only fourth. And I was like, "Well, number one right now is Thomas Shabbat. And number two is Ian Mendes. And Ian Mendes saw this and he was like, "Hey, let's get a chicken." And I was like, ah, he's like, I'm being 100% serious. Uh, and, and Can you imagine this poor girl coming to Ottawa? She's got people tweeting at her about chicken. What about chicken? <laughs> so then Ian Mendes sends me a DM. He's like, I'm serious. Let's have a chicken. So I work at Lansdowne in Ottawa. And he's like, I'm, uh, I'm calling the last Red Blacks game. Uh, are you free at 12? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Uh, we went to Whole Foods. We we're gonna buy a chicken, but it comes in a bag. What the yeah. hell is that? That's weird. I don't like that. So that we just got weird. chicken wings. He bought me chicken wings, and we spent an hour talking about the sense. I love Ian. Ian's great. Oh, He's Ian, such Ian's a great guy. fantastic person. And it's, it's, it, the fact that he made time out of his day oh. to talk to me, but he didn't know the whole story around it. And uh, Callum Fraser showed him a video of me cutting a chicken in half and I I haven't heard back from Ian in about six months so uh, (laughs) he he was probably like oh I'm pretty lucky that I uh, (laughs) I chose somewhere in power didn't end up in the trunk of a car (laughs) see I I gotta get this sword signed by a senator at some point you got it it, yeah (laughs) so I guess I don't have an answer for for Ross I'm sorry it's uh, I guess it's a little column A a little column B they're both 
too absurd to really focus on, and the oh. longer you spend thinking about it, the worse your mind gets. Okay, okay Maddie wants you to tell the Clayson story, and so do I. All right, so Freddie Clayson, uh, I love him. I, I think he, he was one of the the funniest senators to ever uh, ever play for the team. I miss, I miss Freddie. Freddie. He's great. I, watching his goal yesterday, I was so happy to see that. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm kind of creepy, and I think I follow his mother on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I remember seeing this. I'm like, oh, I should really have follow it at this point. She's sixth on the chicken list. Yeah, she's... <laughs> would have to be something a little more Swedish. I, I don't know their food enough. Um, but she retweeted a bunch of that, and it's just seeing him, like, raise his arms up, and then he doesn't have, like, any emotion on his face. Like, after his goals, he just is like, I'm staring at my teammates, waiting for them to embrace me. It's just so great. So, after we beat the Rags in 2017... It was a Tuesday night, and I messaged Joe Slowhands. I was like, hey, you, you want to go downtown and, and party? And he's like, I don't know. It's a Tuesday night. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. He's like, okay, let's do it. So him and his little brother, Steven, uh, and I, we went downtown. But at this point, it was like a solid hour and a half after the game was over. So nothing was going on. It was raining outside. So we went to Sir John A's and just ate hummus plates. <laughs> and it, like we had two hummus plates because we were starving. And I had a beer and a little bit of scotch. That's it. It was a real boring, uh, real boring party night. But we're like, let's go to the airport. Let's uh, let's greet the Sens as they land. They deserve this. I can't believe that we're in the, East, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. So we line up there, and there was a. It was rainy. There was probably about. 50 60 people out there dan greenberg was out there cheering pretty loud i he's such a he's a, such a good sense man and as the cars started going by a lot of them would just sheepishly wave and then freddie clayson is just leaning out the window of like some big ass suv i want to say it was a navigator i don't know who was driving and he was dabbing at breakneck speed <laughs> but like he wasn't really dabbing right because he was trying to do it so fast he was just going left and right and it just looked almost painful oh but it was God. it was it was art it was artful as he was just like spazzing his body out left and right oh freddie I hope you didn't hurt your nose on that, but it was just, you love dabbing. Like, who doesn't love dabbing? It's great. Bring dabbing back. It's the best. But it was just, it just watching half of his body just leaning out of a car as he bashed his nose into, into his elbow as fast as he could. Ugh. Place it. I also yelled at Mark Mathot something about Harambe, and then I tweeted at him later on being like, hey, did you hear me yell Harambe? And he responded with something like, yeah. <laughs> like, just not just like, All right, dude. Thanks. <laughs> he was he was super late to the Harambe meme party and oh. made it his freaking Mathot's picture was just Harambe like a solid year I and a half. I remember that. <laughs> like a year and a half after everyone was like, "All right, this meme's done." He was like, "Hey guys, Harambe." <laughs> How do you do, oh. fellow kids? Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, we got time for one more here. Um, number one Tabula fan at SuperNerd underscore Y2K. What up, Wolf? Wants uh, to... I used to play soccer with him. Beautiful. So he wants to know if there's something in this world worthy of you giving up hashtag sword life in exchange for. Uh... <laughs> See, now I don't know if this is so good because my sword life is not very... Uh... 
well, broad, haha, <laughs> broadsword. Like I have, I have this one sword, but it's become so ingrained in my brand. Like I don't think I could. I think it would ruin everything if I gave up the sword. <laughs> there'd be nothing left of me. I'd be yeah, who's yeah, exactly. When I uh, when I got my job, I work with Axe, and uh, he, my first day, I turned on my computer, and the background. Oh no, it wasn't the sword video because he didn't want me to look that bad. It was the uh, the barbecue world video. All right, this story was shit. Then never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. I remember <laughs> that that story meant nothing. Axe just told me. That's it. Uh, mm, what would I give up sword life for? Oh, maybe it's like axes? Something like an, a, a cooler axe? Maddie's, like Maddie's going to be pissed. That's brand infringement. I know. I, I'll steal it. <laughs> have you seen him with an axe? I want to see him with an axe. That's true. I have not seen him with an axe. Post your axe, post your axe pics with axe. Post axe, axe pics, post please. It. Post it. Get out of here. Oh, there's, there's never going to be another episode of this podcast. Yeah. I've ruined everything. <laughs> All right, man. We got we got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this has been fantastic. I've had a blast. It was a, it was a great time for me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sorry to anyone who listened to the whole thing. We got to have you on again soon because this was amazing. <laughs> so, do you want to find out who's going to be next week's guest? Because you're going to love it. Oh, hit me up. So things are going to get spooky here on Internal Budget okay. because we got a real life ghost coming on the podcast. Who, who, oh, okay, who's Ghost? Finnegan's Ghost. We got Finn. We got yeah. Finn. Finn's, Finn's coming, coming on the podcast. podcast. Follow Finnegan's him. Ghost dip in 2020. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at uh, Sleepin' Baker. Like, you know, remember what I said that, like, my content was shit and yeah. I put no effort into it? It's the opposite for Finn. Yeah, yeah, Finn's no, are, right. are well thought out good memes, minor shit. So if you don't like my stuff, fo- follow Finn. Follow Finn for sure, and follow oh, and follow Bosty at Matt Bosty on Twitter. Uh, if you, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. he's gonna need some more followers after this one. Think about it. <laughs> like I'd say, like a, sleep on it for at least two or three days. See what I've posted, and then if you're still committed, all right, I'll probably follow you back. Sleep on it for a few days. Go for a hike. Just really <laughs> look in inside yourself if you're ready. Check your horoscope. Oh, my God. All right, Bosty. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Guys, thank you for listening, as always, uh, at Internal Budget on Twitter. Um, Make sure to donate on Patreon if you're so inclined. Patreon.ca slash Brandon Mackey. Have a fantastic week, folks. We'll see you for the next one. Take care.